Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Logbook, specifically episode 28 of The Logbook. This is a show where we talk about the latest news and anything else on the top of our minds in the world of video games. I'm one of your hosts, John Patty, and I'm joined, as always, by my delightful, my dear good friend and co-host, James Lloyd Robinson. James? You're making me feel all warm and fuzzy that's inside. The, that's, that's, that's the goal of this podcast, or at least one of them. James, uh, the second goal is to get an answer from a question I've been dying to ask you this week. And that is, what does your uh, what does your travel bucket list look like? What are some places you haven't been to that you're like, I I can't, I'm not allowed to cease existing until I've set foot in these uh, within these borders. Well, I mean, there's so many places I've never been, but like the entire continent of Europe, I have never been to. Really? So there's a lot to see there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would like to go to Italy. Oh, I think see. Iceland would Iceland would be kind of cool. Yeah, cool as ice. <laughs> um, I mean, even England. Like I've never been there. Like just the UK in general. Scotland. Sorry, Ireland. I thought you wanted to go to Europe, James. Oh well. <laughs> political humor, political <laughs> commentary. That's that's the direction that this podcast is sadly. Where is in. the brow? Sorry. Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Europe is a big one. I've been to Japan. I've been to China. So those are, you know cool locations i've been to i've been to australia obviously because i was born there well it might not be obvious for the listener well i mean it's obvious that i've been there because i was born there was was kind of true yeah that's the way i meant to phrase it um and as much as you know australians have that little rivalry with new zealand i would like to go to new zealand uh that would be pretty cool as well can confirm that is a cool yeah. place to go. Yeah. So I don't know. That's uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's there's obviously you know loads of places to go. Hell, even in Canada, like there's oh, so yeah. much I haven't seen. You know. Yeah. I'm I'm but, I'm, uh, I'm I'm completely new to uh, anything out east for Canada. Anything past Montreal. Yeah, haven't been past here. Montreal. Same here. I mean, I've been to Quebec City, but no further than that. You have been further than me in uh, in Canada, at least east. That is. Um, mm. agree with Iceland. That's on the top of mine. I'm also a big, I'm a big Norway guy from uh, what mm. I do know of Norway. Just looks fucking awesome. Uh, and then Japan is like, Japan's so high up there, man. I want to go. Japan was great. I've been there, uh, three times because my dad used to work there and live there. Um, when he went off to get cigarettes for five years and never came back, but yeah, long, he must've been getting some rare time. cigarettes. It must've been. Yeah delved into the black I, sh- I shouldn't say never came back he did because i live with him now obviously but you know that's you know there you go that's in the that's in the past so he's he's one of the few that ended up actually coming back after the actually cigarettes. coming back yeah that's exactly that's top tier parenting i know i know <laughs> i mean he may have been gone for five years but at least he came back well this is not one of the million parenting podcasts that you can find out there this is about video games so uh are there a million parenting podcasts i'm sure there are because when you're a parent the you know it's important to the child that you look like you know what you're doing but really a lot of parents don't know what they're doing or a lot of prospective parents will feel like they won't know what to do including myself one day if i'm a parent so i imagine that i would maybe uh turn to 
some uh, alternate sources of information, like a podcast, perhaps. I've never listened to one, but I've heard that there are many out there. James, thanks for questioning me. Um, and that's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, what you're actually here for as well is to get us started with the news. Alrighty, Rue. Um, <laughs> I feel like I should just say that every time. But anyway. I think this is uh, a parenting podcast now after saying that. <laughs> <So> <laughs> like, <laughs> Any whom. Yep. Um, two new DualSense colors for controllers for the PlayStation 5 were announced to be coming out in June. Uh, a cosmic red and a midnight black and i want the red one but i already bought a second controller so i don't really have any reason to get another one but i want it so do i get it i don't know uh yeah that's the news like yeah that's all of the news for this week all the news thanks for tuning in um no but like it's so funny because when the, the the PlayStation 5 first came out, it's like, well, what the hell? Where's the black color scheme? Oh, yeah, we support D, uh, D brand and all these other third parties creating black skins for them. Uh, that, that looks great. Yeah, let's let's do that. I'm going to buy that extra skin to like pop it onto the side of my PS5 there. Um, and now it's like, oh, but we have an official black controller now. And this this red one, everyone's like, oh cool black fuck that the red is sick so there's one thing that everybody was asking for more than anything uh with at least as it pertains to the hardware it's like okay jk lol we found cosmic red is way better i I have seen a lot of people say though oh man the black is sick and it's like it just it looks like a black controller i mean not to say that it looks bad because oh yeah it's fine but it looks like my my pro controller basically for the switch or an xbox controller like at least the red has a little more and hell even the white has a little more you know personality stands out more well because you get that to me it's the the contrast and color blocking like with the with the bottom part where the the home button is the black plastic yeah the upper shell above it that had has a different color you get a more satisfying and unique design whereas yeah you know would have been cool the rest of the if the black one was just an inverse of the white so you had the the yeah black be on the outside but the white be on the bottom part yeah. that would be sick and the buttons be white like Definitely. the shoulder buttons be white instead that would be really sony cool. sony take notes for next time yeah do better do better as twitter commenters would say do better. fuck you're right i haven't seen somebody say that in a while but yeah do better oh god oh that annoys me that's just like ah uh, oh my god you're so right um yeah i i am in the same predicament as you uh the same very much not a problem very much first world no, problem predicament yeah of course uh which is i already have two dual sense controllers uh but god damn do i want that fucking cosmic red which is basically just magenta but cosmic red sounds much cooler um you know what else uh, also sounds very cool james is this uh this year Nintendo rumor that's been spicing up this week? Uh, oh boy! Supposedly, oh boy. and while I don't have the most attachment to this franchise, I would be very excited for this. Uh, supposedly, uh, a new supposedly dunk- Supp- is that what I said? No. Oh, just- <laughs> what's so okay? Sup- I hate yeah, it when people no. say that, so I kind of freaked out for a second. <laughs> okay, sorry. Supposedly, sorry. um, there's gonna be. A new Donkey Kong game being developed by the same team that made Mario Frickin' Odyssey. 
I so wow i uh, want it i want it now i also just had a quiet burp so apologies to anyone who could I hear mean, that um but it just it got me all gassed up you know <laughs> it's like that's it's, just, it's that exciting that's just the, the the reaction that the that's the sensation it has on me i mean uh, it honestly is super exciting though because like nintendo themselves have like internally haven't made a core donkey kong game since jungle beat they have that's the wow. only platformer that's the only donkey kong platformer like traditional platformer i think they've made because rare did the country games the initial country games they did donkey kong 64 um and then yeah the the country returns and tropical freeze were done by retro so you know nintendo hasn't really done much on their own with with the the big the big ape and it would be really cool regardless i mean i would personally prefer 3d because i generally enjoy 3d platformers more than 2d ones i think i guess that depends on the game but i i think there generally is more hype and then i watched a video that kind of pointed i think it was arlo on youtube pointed out that 2d uh, like nintendo's 2d games don't do nearly as well financially as their 3d ones so it'd probably be a smarter move to have a, like a big 3d donkey kong adventure um in the vein of odyssey which would be awesome yeah i mean to to have it be 3d would be preferable regardless in my opinion regardless of what you think of donkey kong just because of the team that's working on it right like and how exactly outstanding that odyssey was like the classic game that it already is you know it's like why not just inject that into donkey kong that could really use some uh some new life not that it's doing badly but i mean you know tropical freeze was the last big thing in donkey kong and even then a lot yeah, of people that was played it. seven years ago yeah and a lot of people still i mean it, me being one of them <laughs> oh you should I know, I, i'm I, very I tempted to. i'm very tempted to buy it again because i had it on wii u but i never actually finished it but that's not to say anything about its quality because it was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I the other reason I would prefer 3D is because, you know, as many people say, like Tropical Freeze is a fantastic game. Uh, what else can you do after that with 2D that would be innovative and new and fresh? I, I mean, I'm sure Ninten the folks at Nintendo, the people who came up with Odyssey are able to come up with a good idea, but I feel like Donkey Kong has only been in 3D one time, uh, like an adventure like that one time to mixed reviews, I think. Um, and, you know, there's so much territory that you could cover in 3D that you just can't do in 2D. And there's so much more room for creativity because, you know, in, in five games of 2D platforming, Donkey Kong has done a lot. Yeah, I mean... I, yeah, I guess you kind of covered all the ground you can with 2D. So there's, there's a mm -hmm. whole multitude of reasons why 3D would just be super ideal uh, for this this rumored situation here. Uh, but it, hey, if it gets announced at some point, may, maybe this E3, who knows? Um, super the rumor exciting. is saying for this year. So if oh, it does shit. happen, okay, if that. it's real, if it's real, it'll get announced at E3, I'm sure. Oh, that's even more but, exciting. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know how, you know, valid the rumor is. I saw it from, and most people are reporting it from 
uh lonely goomba on twitter oh yeah uh, zippo zippo on twitter and then nintendo life themselves had a different source that they trust so few different areas i mean it could possibly be the same person giving it to those three people we don't really know but you know uh this is not a news story but i'm just going to quickly throw in because you mentioned e3 e3 is like a month away yeah isn't that bonkers i'm excited hey i'm glad at first i was i was glad that it was happening at all in the first place and now we're just here a month out and that's going to go in two seconds so maybe we'll be hearing about this dk game in no time um now uh, james you already know because uh you run this podcast with me and we like to somewhat plan to some extent um but there's a couple other news items this week that yes we will be talking about but it also play a broader role in just kind of this whole episode really uh and that is i guess kind of a state of the industry thing but more so with an angle of paid versus free-to-play content and the future of that and what that all means uh the reason why it's taking hold is because uh what well what was originally reported by some outlets this week or at least framed this way, was that Ubisoft came out and said, in the future, we're going to cut back on AAA experiences, original AAA experiences that you would pay for, and instead focus on premium quality uh, uh, free-to-play content. Uh, Jeff Grubb, who is very often uh, referenced on this on the show, uh, he came out and said, well, yeah, that's true, but that was actually a statement made in 2018. It just so happens that the news is coming back around on this because they have confirmed that they're they are sort of ramping up those free to play uh, uh, plans. I'll say, especially with the announcement of a recent uh, the Division game that's going to be free to play, like all, not the Division Three, mm-hmm. like its own free to play thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's just all in line with this new Ubisoft plan. And so it got people uh, kind of talking about the fact but, that that's... But again, oh, yeah. to clarify, sorry, it's not even really a new plan. Yeah. This is just coming out in an interview, them kind of restating with their investors, I think, just to mm-hmm. kind of keep them happy. Because free-to-play is like the best way for gaming to make money. Yeah. Surprisingly. That and mobile. And, uh, and often mobile. you find the two together. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it really got uh, got us thinking, especially because so th- I mean that's really the whole story there with Ubisoft. But the other angle to this, uh, I mean, there's kind of two stories here, but like one that got me thinking, and how I was I was talking about this with James and why we should just talk about it in depth, is then like a couple days later, uh, Herman Holst, the I might mess up his job title, like by like a tiny bit. I think the head of either the head of global studios or the global head of studios i, I always playstation studios head okay so it's changed um i, I don't know but yeah, yeah Her, herman <laughs> hall I, I knew global used to be in this title but anyways you get the picture uh herman Holst came out and said that currently like as of right now obviously across across the board in terms of where these games would be at in the development cycle um he said there are currently 25 titles for first party 25 first party titles in the works at sony over half of which are new ip or sorry half of which are new ip new franchises and and they said more than 25 
actually. Oh, well, there so, you go. I just completely yeah. butchered that then. Not really. But that's, that's okay. <laughs> um, so that's like, first of all, just the sheer volume of, uh, of paid AAA content there is, is bodes well for anybody who, for whatever reason, is in fear of the other story. But on the other hand, too, it's, it's not only just that. It's new content that we've never seen. It's new innovation, right? Yeah. Uh, just to also add a clarification on that, it's not necessarily first party. It's just games being developed or published under the PlayStation Studios banner, I think. Yeah, just like in the works like, in general. Yeah, because something like Sackboy or Returnal are technically not first party games, but they're only on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Because Sony doesn't own Housemark or Sumo Digital. Yeah. But those kinds of games qualify as as uh, in this instance as a twenty as a one of the twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not one of the twenty-five, but as a PlayStation Studios game. Because they yeah. were published and released under that banner. Yeah. Um so it's like, yeah, it just creates sort of this uh, this little back and forth here. I mean, of like, you know, some people assume and it's I blame the media in part for this because of the way it's framed. It's like, oh, that's the way it's been going for a long time. That's what makes the big bucks. You're going to see it even more than you already do. Free to play this, free to play that. Oh, no. And it's like, well, you don't need to ring any alarm bells necessarily. I mean, like every it seems like every few months when there's a new. I'm just going to use Sony as an example because they, in the last couple of years, have had just record-breaking games with Ghost of Tsushima, then like Last of Us Part Two breaking records, and all this kinds of stuff over and over again. Like, guys, there's a market for this paid ex- exclusive AAA content. Like, it'd be, it's not just going to yeah. vanish off the face of the earth because people are making more, you know, uh, loot box-oriented games on on mobile phones like come on now yeah like there's an entire audience like i mean you and i don't really play that many for i mean you play uh destiny 2 i play rocket league even though technically i paid for rocket league i I also play rocket League, and you paid yeah and you play rocket i was just giving an example each for us but okay fair and balanced um, we don't really play free to play games like we're still very much in the audience of you know the you know the single player focused kind of hell even well not so much me but like multiplayer like paid experiences so and there are tons of people out there like us so if they just stopped making those types of games they'd be losing out on a big chunk of revenue as well um so like yeah that's not it's not going to happen. They're not just going to stop making those types of games. It just means we'll see, you know, maybe more of the, the free to play ones, but also Ubisoft is looking at like making their free to play closer to their triple a experiences. So, I mean, it's not like they're giving you crappy, like half thought out, well, I mean, I guess we don't really know yet, but it's unlikely that they're giving you crappy, half-thought-out games. Um, like, there's still going to be passion behind it. There's still people developing these games with some sort of vision. So, like, I don't think... I don't really think this is as big a news story as, as everyone says. Like, there's not going to be any sort of stifled creative vision yeah. or anything from from the direction that this uh, this is going. And, like, we'll always have 
I mean, I guess this doesn't mean every, anything to everybody, but we'll always have indie studios, you know, innovating and making the types of experiences that, you know, might cater to more single player crowd. And you'll always have, you know, Nintendo, Sony first party, Xbox first party making these, you know, big games that cater to that. Like it's, yeah, it's not that big a surprise or a big deal like this has kind of been happening for a while i mean especially on the mobile side like i was unaware of how many until that recent square enix presents i was unaware of how many mobile games they had mm-hmm. um but like you know it makes them a lot of money and even nintendo they've got quite a few mobile games that are making them money right now and I know Ubisoft probably does. I just don't know which ones they are. But I mean, even Call of Duty uh, Warzones, you can play that on mobile. And I have a couple of friends who play that with their family all the time mm-hmm. and get super into it. So, I mean, let's uh, well, let's put it this way, too. I mean, we used obviously we painted a contrast with two different stories, but obviously our actual thoughts are, you know, more so grounded and in, 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 in the middle, if, it, if you will. But let's just use Sony as an example for free-to-play because, well, it might not even be necessarily free-to-play, but uh, Sony, a few weeks back, I think there's a new story about this, and I've actually seen it in job postings too. They're, they're bolstering mobile efforts. They're, they're hiring slash maybe have hired by now a, a head of mobile games for, for the global studios. Uh, and we'll continue to sort of trickle down those resources from there. So, like, it, it's, I don't know, like, more people, play, like, like, if you're a quote-unquote hardcore fan that is worried about these experiences being compromised uh, as more people focus on free-to-play, well, take it from the so-called AAA first-party gods themselves, uh, Nintendo and Sony, and the fact that they're probably going to be putting out those kinds of experiences as well, and they will be good. Uh, without sacrificing their other output yeah and again nintendo has already been doing that yeah exactly and like they released animal crossing pocket camp but they still released animal crossing new horizons hell yeah they released mario kart tour they're still going to release a mario kart 9 at some point i don't know when but you know well, that, that you just bring up another good i point mean there. hell even then they they released the mario kart uh live circuit you know, there's that. And then Mario Run didn't replace anything. They still released Mario Maker and Mario Odyssey. Like, there's nothing to say. And then Fire Emblem. I'm just going to, because I'm on a roll here. Yeah. Fire Emblem Heroes. <laughs> yeah. You know, they still released Three Houses. I think that's all of them. <laughs> well, you brought up another good point that I didn't consider before, which is whether it's internal to one company of, you know, just Nintendo within themselves or maybe branching out with third-party partners or even between your xbox and nintendo and stuff like that you know there's also like integration you know like there is integration with the the mobile cheaper title with pocket camp and also uh new horizons like i think i think it had something to do with like certain items you can get via one or the other and send it to one or the other like there's going to be connections that push an audience and push for sales numbers to one or the other, like you know, Pokemon Go, Pokemon exactly. Let's Go, exactly. Prime example Ex- of that. Thank you. That's like the best example possible That's the right better now. Better example, hundred yeah. percent. It's like so yeah. integrations are going to exist uh, that will just make it better for everyone on both sides of the coin. There, um, but the other thing is too, 
Uh, I, I think the more interesting conversation, maybe not that actually, this, I find this very interesting. I can go on this for ages, but um, the maybe more fun and wild way to go about this is like, even if you are looking at this in an extreme way, let's say, oh my god, EA, Ubisoft, and whatever, insert other giant here, are just almost going to just quadruple down on free-to-play stuff. And that's just the way it's going to be. And the console manufacturers slash software developers at PlayStation, Nintendo, Xbox, like they're going to have to adjust to that. They, they magically cease to exist. Yeah, they magically cease to exi- exist. Like, okay. Let's get as extreme as possible it's in like, this scenario. But that's the thing. It's like, okay, here's where it would go in my opinion. I had like kind of – I wrote down like a few predictions, which is would be – None of them involve uh, the decrease in uh, uh, like this premium tr- paid content. If anything, I just think it would make some interesting changes uh, to the ways we interact with these brands and also uh, possibly have an impact on development itself. Like, let's say that free-to-play was oh my God, taking over the world. Uh, that would mean that the places that are focused on these premium paid experiences would have to focus even more on them, which means you could get more games, actually, that are these experiences, right? Uh, you know, because maybe you, you you can't rely as much on those third-party partners if they're so focused on these uh, just, like, ten, five to ten year at a time free-to-play uh, cash cows, right? So let's go in that extreme direction and say there's an argument there. You might see more games being produced. And then something we've talked about in a previous episode, uh, if they want to make more games, well, you can't just rely on more funding and more money. You have to get a little bit more creative. So we could see more games that are a bit more streamlined with a lower play time. We might return to those 10 to 20 hour experiences as the norm so that you can have a more sustainable development cycle. And therefore get more games, like I was saying before. I would kind of like that yeah. if they did that. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people would, you know, cry out for like, make them, you know, $10 cheaper or $20 cheaper. But I don't know. I, I, I know we've probably said this before, but I'm still of the mindset. Like if I get a quality 12 to 15 hour experience and I paid, you know, the, the $90 switch price tag for it after tax i'm still satisfied i still think that's worth my time because if you break that down by i mean i'm not going to be able to do the quick maths right now but if you break that down by dollars per hour it's not that expensive realistically um yeah yeah anyway i interrupted go on no that's okay (laughs) i mean i was gonna say just in this 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 what if hypothetical of the most extreme view on free to play overruling stuff it's like okay there's so far using some some kind of what i i think is pretty logical trains of thought you got those things that i just talked about that we we agree on would be kind of cool but then there's more where that came from i mean let's so okay maybe these uh paid content houses are worried about attention, right? Like, how do we keep customers around? How do we keep people engaged with these experiences versus going to the free-to-play? And then how do we even grow audiences from there? You're going to get kind of like the free-to-play thing where it's already started, but it would just ramp up. You're going to get alternate, more alternate experiences outside of games with existing franchises and IP. For example, 
your Illumination Studios Mario movies, your Nintendo Universe, uh, Universal Studios worlds, your uh, you know Sony and Xbox working on movie deals and stuff with uh, Uncharted and stuff like that. You're you're just going to see more of that because they're going to want to put their recognizable faces and stories out in more places. So, which some people might view that as bad, I view that as good personally. I think it's cool. Yeah, same here, and that actually kind of leads into the final like big bit of news um Mm. for this week and we can bring this into the conversation as a whole of like the state of gaming or whatever we want to call this um uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with free to play but it does have to do with getting your ip out there and uh, sega is like i think they just had their financial you know brief or whatever and they they put out or someone put out the the notes from it and they're considering reboots to a bunch of their old IP, and they just want to use everything that they have that is well known and get it out there more. And they've used the example of, of like Sonic to, you know, get it out there in more ways than just games. So they're still going to make games, but they also had the movie that did quite well last year with a sequel coming out next year. And then they've got a Sonic cartoon, a new one coming out on Netflix next year as well. Um, so just basically they want to utilize their globally recognized IP to keep, keep making money, keep finding ways to make new money. Um, and the other thing from that, which I don't really know how much we'll have to say about, cause it, it doesn't really mean anything at this point, but <laughs> they are, so there's a, there's a slide called strategy Two: creation of super game love it so they're developed the it's got the development of a new fps title at a european studio uh utilization of ip assets created to be uh, to be aimed for three to five years from now uh and yeah they they're calling it a super game like a large-scale global title what the hell does that even mean? I like to think I that, know. The, I, the, the kid in middle school who unironically says stuff like, my dad or my uncle works at Xbox, like he, he'll sue you. Like I like to think that that phrasing is what that kid thinks daddy's big boy business job is during presentations like he goes into work and says all right we're working on creation of super game (laughs) (laughs) so i it just makes me all the more uh eager to see what sega has up their super game making sleeves yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, me too but i mean just the fact that the you know there's a ton of ip that they just haven't used in a long time like uh shinobi dreams jet set radio crazy taxi like all uh, those kinds of is, things is guys of arcadia sega i think so i think it is something some Pan- part of my uh, brain's telling me it's not but i'm pretty sure it is panzer dragoons another one yeah yeah like a bunch of those titles i mean i haven't played all of them shinobi i did on the game boy advance pretty cool game i don't think i ever got that far but i did enjoy it um but yeah, I mean, bringing back those those legacy IPs that people have been clamoring for new titles and for a long time. I mean, they probably should have done that a while ago, but they're finally because they have a bunch of IP that they're just sitting on and not using. Like, 
they've just been doing Yakuza and Sonic games for the most part recently, as far as recognizable IP go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, this whole idea of using what you have is, uh, is, is only a good thing, I think. Um, and getting it out there and making it more recognizable through like TV shows and movies, that's, you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't creatively, but you know, at least they tried and it's cool to just see these new things. Personally, I think Sonic did work as a movie. It was cheesy, but it was fun. It was a fun time. And I'm genuinely really looking forward to the sequel. And I'll probably check out that anime or or cartoon that they put out on Netflix. Um, Maybe because I'm just hoping to see some more Shadow the Hedgehog. But Oh, I'm right there with you, my my friend. Uh, Might I just say that if any uh, higher up at Sega or the... the, uh, the legendary Quieto of Super Game is listening to this. Uh, all I will say is when it comes to making these reboots uh, as good as possible and the Super Game, the best it can be, take your time. You don't got to go fast. No. But <laughs> Super Game. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought of this now. Super Game. I think it said with an existing IP, first person shooter. Shadow the Hedgehog first person. James, shooter. are you kidding me? That would be, but oh, the first person though. Uh... I don't know. Well, I mean, they did third person already. How else am I going to see myself grinding on sick rails with dirt nasty sneakers? Like, I mean, maybe they just do. Uh, like they they pull out a camera. You heard it here, folks. Um... Sega pulls out. <laughs> uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> Shadow pulls out. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no! Okay, okay, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I can I, I can put the explicit tag on the on the upload of the episode, whatever. Um, but yeah, like the case in point, like as I was saying, your Segas of the world, your Nintendos of the world, are already doing that. Uh, they already recognize of having that brand recognition across alternate streams to to maintain the strength of its original source. Uh, so how that would only increase, I would imagine, should the world be overrun by uh, gotcha waifus, uh, James. Uh, <laughs> oh, which reminds me, kind of, actually. Uh, on the flip side, if you're somebody who's like, oh, well, the more premium experiences out there are are your first party, like console and PC focused games like that. It's like, dude. I haven't played that much, but I've played enough to get the gist of it, and people love it. Fucking Genshin Impact. You know, like, premium free-to-play experiences exist. Uh, Mine is Destiny, though I do put money into it uh, to get the most out of it because of the season pass, which actually, like, affects a lot of the content, I will say. Yeah, but, you know, Fortnite would be considered, like, I mean, not that I've played it, but, like, you know, millions of people play that game all the time, and that's a very high-budget title like they got a lot going into that rocket league another example i mean i guess anything epic you know puts out as free to play which now includes fall i know fall guys is still well it's not free to play yet it It will be one day eventually yeah um but yeah like just because it's free to play doesn't mean it's not gonna have the the mark of quality that you would hope and yeah you kind of brought up like different different revenue streams and that kind of thing I think that most of these companies are probably going to view 
you know, paid games and free to play games is completely different revenue streams. Yeah. One's not going to take over the other. And, you know, more, more of the free to play, which makes more money is, I mean, I'm not sure how allocation of budget would work, but I mean, if it's all going back to the same studio, maybe they will have more money to keep putting out those big titles that you are worried this hypothetical gamer, you know, child that cries about this. I don't know. Uh, maybe they're worried that they're worried about not getting, you know, the, the money coming in from the free to play might go into, I don't know, like the last of us part three or something like that. You know, like if naughty dog releases, they're working on a multiplayer last of us game If hypothetically, if that's free to play, they're only going to be making more money for their own studio put it into you know other projects yeah and i mean that's a hypothetical i don't know how the budget works oh 100 you know, be, and it could be like that like but you also have to look this actually is almost like a separate conversation but I, I'll, I'll keep it focused to where we're headed you know it also got me thinking okay previously we mentioned you know the integration of the two when let's go comes out what do they advertise as a feature? If you have Pokemon Go, blah, send the two between each other, blah, 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 blah. Right? So that cohesion exists and that's satisfying everyone all around. You can you can send them to Sword and Shield too. Yeah, right? I think so. Um, yeah, so that's just going to be a regular thing from now. You can just send, I'm assuming, you'll be able to send your Pokemon from Go into Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond. But, but there you go. It's like if, and, yeah. but to continue on that, it's like, okay, so let's use Ubisoft. Ubisoft puts out uh, an Assassin's Creed live service free to play game that lasts like, it's supposed to last like seven years. You, you customize, it's not even in a particular era or anything like that. Like, I don't know, you customize your own character. It's not Ezio or Ivor or any of the recognizable Ezio. Assassin. Ezio, I'm so sorry. Ezio. Like the, the online marketplace. Ezio Aditore. Ezio. Um, Ezio Aditore di Firenze. I think that's his name. Very nice. Uh, I want pasta now. Uh, that's stereotypical. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so they have this free-to-play mega-hit Assassin's Creed game that's going to be up for years on years, uh, years on end. Okay, they'll do background development on the new standard Assassin's Creed games, and you'll see marketing push and integration in that core free-to-play experience. Hey, if you like walking around as your your assassin that you made join ivor or insert new assassin's creed character here as they go through uh you know like uh, i don't know japan this time or something like like there's gonna be that cross that game already exists and it's called ghost of tsushima but fair but it seems even Um, cooler um so there's that but the the thing i talked about that wasn't what i was saying before when i was saying that there's like kind of a separate conversation that's like its own thing fortnite and i guess free-to-play games but mainly fortnite plays a very significant role in the way that we think about what games can be because of the mainly what fortnite has done with their events the travis scott concert the Star Wars premieres and, and the cross the, the cross promotion of other franchises and pop culture IP. Like that is that that's that's game be, gaming becoming something else larger than it's ever been. And yeah. that's 
you know, if free to play is more focused, like you're going to get more things like that happening that will surely come back around to benefit uh, the rest of the gaming ecosystem as a whole, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, but before I forget, uh, another example, I guess, of like you were mentioning your hypothetical of Assassin's Creed, formerly a yearly franchise, if they got a free of free to play like live service game, they would still work on background of of something else. But like uh, Call of Duty, I think still is getting there you go. yearly releases but they also have their free-to-play component of warzone oh. um and yeah i mean i i don't know what the reception to the the most recent one was cold war right was the most recent war uh, no not cold war no wasn't it modern warfare oh. remake no Oh. Wasn't it the Cold War? Hold on. Cold War, yes, Cold War. Sorry, Cold War? I was thinking of Black Ops for some reason. Yeah, I was like Black Ops. No, no, no. But yes, Cold War. Yeah, absolutely. No, but anyway, like they did have Warzone for the Modern Warfare remake, and then the next yearly title was Cold War, the Cold War one. But they still integrated Warzone into that. So I mean, it just goes to show that they're still going to have uh, different experiences. I mean, it's Call of Duty, so I don't know how different it is year to year genuinely i don't know um but still like it they're, they're still working on new releases and stuff for people to enjoy mm-hmm. um i actually don't know it, it is is warzone the only multiplayer it, it surely it's not the only multiplayer version you can play now right like you could still do like pvp oh like team death matches and stuff, stuff. yeah you like, can still do that so. in, i'm pretty sure War, yeah because right? because then that, that would also drastically affect like the east yeah because warzone is still warzone is still its own thing yes yeah it's its own download so yes yeah there are still the same call there's still the same call of duty experience but there's also a free-to-play one so, so like on one hand yes likely your Ubisofts of the world, as they continue to ramp up more free-to-play content, it means that here and there, likely those paid AAA experiences might get cut. Maybe you'll see less Immortal Phoenix Rising stuff kind of thing. That no, those, don't say that. I, don't I, say I that, dare John. Say it. I'm sorry, James. No, it's it can't be. Breath of the Wild 2 be. has been widely celebrated for its Greek <sighs> mythology. <laughs> it's run its course. No. Um, so... You'll, you'll see less of those kind of niches, probably. But in the end, companies... The reason that companies are focusing on free-to-play or would be focusing on free-to-play in the first place is because companies like doing things that make them money. But on that, in the same token, that means that if they have a very high-selling and money-making paid franchise, they'll keep making it, a la Call of Duty, as James uh, insightfully brought up. Yeah, or Mario Kart. Again, I'll bring up like most guaranteed sales mega hit from Nintendo you'll ever have, basically, Mm -hmm. is Mario Kart. They're not going to just because they have Mario Kart uh, Tour. Again, I said this before, but it doesn't mean they're not going to make a new Mario Kart game because they'd be leaving money on the table if they didn't. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and yeah, there's countless franchises from other developers 
and publishers that have that same kind of quality to them like that are just guaranteed to make money yeah so i mean we we, we kind of talked about you know the world where you know free to play runs runs rampant and there's a bunch of you know other games but i feel like if we went the opposite approach and free to play didn't exist at all let's say i feel like you might have the same problem where you well i mean it's not really a problem yet but like maybe it'd be more of a problem where you don't actually get as many paid triple a experiences because the money's not coming in fast enough to deal with that potentially because you're losing out an entire revenue stream and people might not want to pay for that many you know 70 to 90 dollar games in a year yeah and, i mean that's that's a very extreme example but you know and then the it's, the it's adult possible. the adult crybabies who go oh my god there's too many ports it's like well that would just probably increase in that world uh <laughs> yeah, you know original, original new production would halt so in the meantime we'll just re-release we'll pull a sega and re-release all the existing stuff um so it's like one extreme or the other things will be fine but there will be differences and while i i will say obviously in the reality of things now but also in the extreme hypothetical situations we've concocted here our, our stance is pretty clear everything's fine don't worry but i will say just to be just to be as well-rounded as possible uh in this overrun world of free-to-play uh monstrosities um there would be probably a couple of negative things uh the, at least these are the ones that i could think of uh the first one i guess we kind of mentioned is like okay yes some projects will be cut but guess what projects get cut all the time to prioritize stuff all the time um i guess the first would be going back to how your the big three i'll call them the big three would react i imagine that in this most extreme atmosphere you would get into more xbox and bethesda situations bidding wars acquisition frenzies Mm. because you're just trying to double down on who you are which is pay premium content uh, which probably isn't the best no it's it's i mean it's a good thing i guess it's a good thing xbox is the one who bought bethesda because of their whole attitude right now but yeah, yeah like if it was sony they would keep that all to themselves which would kind of split up the market in terms of who can play what games even more than it already is Mm-hmm. so yeah you're right about that that would be a bad thing if that kept happening and uh then boys at nintendo rarely make acquisitions these days so it would force them yeah. into just this uncomfortable situation where they'd have to i buy, feel like buy, we buy. kind of i feel like you kind of made that joke in the in one of our lost episodes like rarely because they missed out on the chance to own rare uh, <laughs> fully <laughs> I, you know, I don't remember that, but I'll take credit and thank you. <laughs> okay. um, I mean, I can take partial credit I'm then joking. to pretend that I made it up too. There but, you go. I mean, you said it, so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, so I, I, I imagine, I could be wrong, but in that extreme world, I would imagine that's probably a natural progression of things is just more acquisitions and more, uh, you know, uh, sort of pearl clutching of multi-billion dollar <laughs> um yeah so there's that uh, and then i guess i i'm just trying to think 
I don't even know if this, this one's more of a stretch, I think. Given that games in the world as it actually is now in reality is the biggest entertainment medium by the most incredible margin you can think of. Believe it or not, in a lot of, as we know, and especially if you're really somebody who consistently follows the industry and games a lot as part of your life, you know that older generations uh, and therefore a lot of dominating uh, media centers and all that stuff, there's there's still catching up to do on the culture of video games. Uh, there's still people out there who think if you play Doom, you're going to go shoot people. You know, there's still people who think that your brain's going to rot if you're a kid who's addicted to Fortnite. And while, yes, video game addiction is a thing and it's not good, you know. It's not as widespread as some people think it is. It's not as widespread as some people think it is. And also there's just a lot of those people tend to fall into just inherent disrespect of the medium as a whole. It's like, well... Why would I play as Master Chief shooting uh, grunts when I can watch an interesting movie? It's like, okay, if we want to go there, they're the same thing. You're just you're sitting at, at a screen, like you're. you're yeah, uh, I've I just always don't kind get of, it. Like I've, <laughs> I've never understood that argument. Like, oh, you're wasting your time playing video games, says the guy who sits watching TV for or watching sports or whatever for hours on end. It's like, how is it any different from that? If anything, I'm more engaged in what I'm doing. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. The, it's it's a dumb argument, and it is. It's all a waste of time. Is what I'm getting. Exactly. At. Yeah. Like I yeah. I um. So, so what I'm getting at with the stretch argument here is perhaps, and even then I'm like not even confident in this, if... Well, it's a good thing you don't have to be because this isn't a real scenario exactly. that we're talking about. Um, there's, there's not so much at stake. Um, uh, like if these, I guess, more gotcha or, or cheaper feeling games become more prevailing than other quality experiences that perhaps those people who are already slow to catch up might even have a, a, a even lesser view of games as a whole. But even then, as I say it, literally as I'm saying it, I go, no, because the entire growth of, of mobile gaming innovation, and I guess in a lot of cases, free-to-play innovation has led to more people playing games to such an extent that half the world consider themselves gamers. And if that that phenomenon grows, therefore the population of gamers grows, and therefore the, the misunderstanding diminishes, surely. So actually, you know what? I just did a cell phone. Um, I am going to go hide in a cave. Uh, this has been episode 28 of the now. Uh, but yeah, I... I just went on a train of thought there live on the air. Um, what what do you trains think are, of trains my... are fun? We like trains. Yeah. Trains are fun. What about tangents? Are... Tangents, James, what do you think of that tangent? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm used to them. My music teacher used to go on tangents a lot and I, I quite enjoyed them to be honest, uh, but yeah, the, the one whose dog enjoys Radiohead, correct? His dog enjoys radio. Didn't he say something about? Oh, I think I don't remember that. I think friend of the show Chris has a reference with that same uh, same music teacher. Okay, and I mixed the students up. My apologies. Gotcha. You're just also a six foot five white guy. 
clearly, so I mixed you up with friend of the show, I Chris mean, Arnold. We're both white guys with blonde hair, so that is true. But 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 what do you think about pretty much the same person? So as far as public perception goes in in this extreme world, where which direction do you think it would swing in? Of more free to play games? Yeah, like how the people who well, are I mean, already think... slow to catch up to how games actually are. You know, would they? I mean, it would if there are those who are slow to catch up, but hopefully a lot of people with open minds, then it would open their minds to new experiences. It's more accessible with the free to play, uh, especially with mobile games and stuff. But I mean, I I can't really say for sure. I I haven't like researched this or anything, but I feel like a, a game that's as massive as Fortnite has only created more, more gamers i suppose if we want to you know say that so it's not really a a bad thing unless there are those who are like gatekeeping what type of gamer you are which gatekeeping is really stupid and don't do it um i don't know i i I don't think I don't think more free to play is a bad thing. And I don't think it's going to stifle any sort of creativity. I don't think it's going to stop big experiences from coming out because they still sell. Um, Yeah. I think the thing I would be more worried about maybe, but maybe not would be there's that whole middle ground of, of, types of games i don't know what you call them there's triple a there's free to play there's indie but what's all the stuff in between like if you call hypothetically like a rayman legends from ubisoft mm. I, I i doubt they would consider that a triple a title um it's not an indie title or like a child of light or something a? like that like isn't that what double is used for i don't know um double double is typically I, used for batteries but uh, typically batteries AAA. yes you're right it's tri- i mean triple a <laughs> is, is too, too yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But does them focusing on free to play take away from anything? I know it wouldn't take away from the triple play or triple A titles. Would it take away from the middle ground titles? Well, probably not. But like, I, I feel like that's I would be more worried about that. And actually, I I am actually of the camp that I think it would most likely. I understand. Okay, I used Immortals: Phoenix Rising, yes, because of the reference to the show. But and even though yes, it is a AAA budget game, in terms of like the fan reception and recognition, and like how many people it's actually going to hit on the market, like I think those are the games that would fall wayside. Oh, actually, there's a perfect example of this, and we haven't seen, you know, the fruits of the situation. No, not the fruits. That's that would imply that it's good. We haven't seen the outcome of the this situation. <laughs> <laughs> it could be fruits or vegetables. Like I said, we it's don't. A we don't podcast. <laughs> we don't really know. But a uh, topic or uh, a story we covered either last week or the week before was Toys for Bob, the crash for developer mm-hmm. or or yes developer being put on the call of duty warzone team by activision yeah crash is not a triple a experience it's not a triple a title it's not an indie title it's not a free-to-play title so it falls in that middle ground that i'm yes. talking about 
so I guess this kind of happened. I guess we we don't know for sure if if they're never going to make another crash game, but I guess that's an example of a, a studio being taken off of those types of games and being put onto making their free to play better. So I guess there is cause to have a little bit of concern about that. Yeah, like but that could just be Activision cuz Activision sucks <laughs> yeah for sure uh like i don't think nintendo would do that or sony would do that or xbox would do something like that hell even ubisoft actually i don't know about ubisoft i don't know if they would do that which is exactly what i was bringing up before because i want a new ray game Ray-Ban game that's this whole conversation has just been leading up to me to wanting Rayman. a new Rayman game. Rayman and Smash and new Rayman game, please. And thank yes, you. exactly. Please, please, 100%. please. Um, I, I will say, and that is one of the th- bad things, just not because it's like, oh, that's going to happen and that's why this shouldn't happen. It's like, no, I think that's just objectively one of the the, the cons of, of this situ- this hypothetical situation. Um, and until that until that happens more than this one situation, uh, I guess Vicarious Visions was also, but that's still just active. Yeah, it currently happens now. Like <laughs> It know. currently happens now. So I'm just saying until that happens with other major publishers, I don't think there is a big, thing to worry about all you have to worry about is losing out on tony hawk crash and spyro which i mean sure, is pretty, a pretty big, big deal pretty big deal to some people but tony hawk especially to me given my newfound hatred for crash bandicoot i don't <laughs> i don't really care yeah i mean i guess before i i love it in fact i love that that happened that's so funny um no. be- before we go into what we've been doing this week uh, i will say the last thing that sort of dawned on me now with free to play uh and it's less so let's play a game of hypotheticals like we've been doing this whole time it's more so of a, a genuine prediction i think in a i don't want to say within 10 because that's actually not that much especially with the beginning of this new console cycle so i'll say in a 15 year window 15 maybe 20 year window i think the very working excuse me the very so by the time we're 45 yeah i guess so the, the very I thought that would sometimes, you know, putting an age to it freaks people out. I thought that was going to happen. With you, um, uh, not, not this time. You can't you can't phase me, James Eagle, right okay. now. All right. Um, All right. The, I think the very in that 15 to 20 year window, I think the very working definition of free to play could change because, OK, let's go to the big three and their paid experiences what's one thing that Microsoft's doing that also Sony is sort of half-assedly trying to follow suit on? Subscriptions. Game Pass. Game Pass. So while that is not free, you are not deliberately paying a higher price for a single piece of software, in which case, perhaps, as Game Pass grows into the... Um, even more of a mega giant than it already is and then perhaps sony and nintendo's and other sources of games in the world create their own subscription services that they double down on perhaps free to play encompasses any game that you don't directly pay for Mm -hmm. right 
yeah. surely that would maybe I can fall into that. See that happening. I'm positive that Nintendo would be the last to follow that trend. Oh, 100%. As they will drag if their heels the whole time, <laughs> if at all. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I can definitely see that happening. I mean, Game Pass thus far is a massive success story. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw, I just it got me thinking of uh, just think saying that Nintendo pro if they do it all. Oh, sorry, my my mic unplugged there for a second. Um, just thinking about uh, if Nintendo does it all kind of thing. Uh, um, I, I saw a meme the other day that was like, uh, uh, Xbox's online service, you know, includes a subscription to hun- a, ga- a library of hundreds of games as well as online access to play with your friends. PlayStation. Uh, includes something similar to that that's not quite as good but also here's a library of the best games from the last generation as well as playing online with your friends and then nintendo switch online hey do you want a discount on an nes controller (laughs) 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 oh and it's not even voice chat oh my god i know good old nintendo i'm excited for e3 but james we're not talking about what's happening in the future let's talk about what you've done in the past specifically the past week good transition thank you well, I'm, i think i'm pretty okay at them. you're getting you're getting i mean i don't think you've ever been bad at them i'll be i'll be fair with that but that was a that was a good one i'm kind of ruining it now by pointing out how good it was i'll, I'll still hold on to it James. It's okay. <laughs> okay hold on to that feeling don't stop believing um i have been playing more of uh ghost of tsushima mm. um if I were to write a review of this game, I think my opening line would be Ghost of Tsushima doesn't really innovate in any way, but it does everything it does very, very well. Like, it is... I'm stopping the writing because I would never start a sentence written with like... Um, but also, you could actually write this for our, for the the log. Book I blog. mean, I could, but will I? Why not? Maybe. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I heard last year when it came out, people compare it to Assassin's Creed. Uh, and granted, I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game in fuck ten years. I think. Um, yeah, three was the last one I played. And I didn't finish it. And that was, yeah, 10 years ago, I think. Any, any whom. Um, yeah, comparing it to that or just any sort of open world, uh, you know, side quests, tick off things on a clearer map type of game. Out of all those types of games and even including like Batman, the Batman Arkham City and Arkham Arkham Knight or Spider-Man. Ghost of Tsushima stands up there I think very highly with those games. It it does them it does that sort of genre justice. Like it's 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 very good is what I'm trying to say in a very long and convoluted way. Um, But it doesn't do anything I haven't seen before you basically uh, but not saying you plagiarize because you can obviously hold the same opinion as i'm just saying you're holding the same opinion as skill up like literally 
bang on. I haven't watched his review. I yet. figured I was you gonna did, do but that. I was, I was like, gonna do that I was after like, I finished the game. I was like, you would be friends with Skill Up over this opinion because his the core of his review is it doesn't innovate on anything. It it's just the best at all of those things so far. And yeah. he thinks that you know, uh, and I guess we, it's kind of already started with Breath of the Wild a little bit, but he's like goes to Tsushima to me, me being Ralph of Skill Up. Uh, is he doesn't sound like a Ralph, right? It's a very old fashioned. He sounds name. like he should have a much cooler name than that. I I suppose so, and I guess which is kind of rude. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your name sucks. I wish you had a better one, but good review. <laughs> oh, oh I'm, no, I'm a, I'm a dick. I'm um, sorry, but he he really thinks that it's just the pinnacle of the the despite the where the game is actually held uh the of the western open world rpg and so let's just book it let's just cap it off there you know dust off our hands say job well done that formula literally cannot get any better how do we innovate from here and i'm like yeah that seems that seems like a reasonable take (laughs) yeah i mean I'm trying to compare it to I don't know how much I can compare it to like Spider-Man because that's similar in terms of the style of like the structure of the game. I probably liked Spider-Man a lot more than I'm liking this one. I probably was more addicted. That might have something to do with movement. It might just be to do with movement actually uh i mean i guess the the side quests in ghost of tsushima are are they more varied than the spider-man ones some of them are i don't know what i'm trying to say here i i just i i'm not sure if i'll agree that it's the pinnacle of it but I will say that I don't know what else can be done with it. Whatever the pinnacle is, well, that's it, kind probably, of what he means. it probably happened already. Yeah, but that's kind of what he's saying yeah. through that. Is, I, yeah, okay. what, where do we go from here other I, I than reinvention? Yeah, I don't know where you go from, from this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I haven't finished it yet. I just started uh, Act 3. Um, how far did you get in it? Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah. Oh, not far. I think I'm like five hours in. Um, oh man. Yeah, but no, that, that's. You gotta keep playing it. Yeah, I have a I have a backlog that I'm uh, looking to be much more focused on. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I um I think the platinum is doable in this, and I think I'm already pretty like much on my way to it for ghost of tsushima so i think i'll try to make that my first platinum trophy and i'm not going to do that for every game but i mean i might yeah i I think it's uh it's a reasonable one to do that for so yeah so that's what you yeah i'm enjoying that mostly that and i did end up buying uh clubhouse games so i've been playing that with christina girlfriend of the show and um it's good. It's a it's a quality package. Um, the game selection is is pretty wide. I'm disappointed there's no cribbage though. Mm. I, I didn't 
dawn on me until we were like halfway through our first session or second session playing the game and was like why the fuck is cribbage not on here it's a great game it's a classic but uh that's okay the selection is yeah the selection is pretty good and um i i haven't learned like we haven't really broadened our horizons and learned many new games yet we're kind of just sticking with the ones we know but i'm looking forward to learning some new stuff uh and i think that'll be that'll be pretty cool nice well you've had a, a more eventful week than me this is one of my slower weeks because two games is more eventful than yours well because they're a little fresher i guess mine are oh, okay because um, yours is i'm assuming destiny destiny two, and right? halo 5 um destiny 2 because the new season started yesterday and it's a very very cool story so far they're getting more and more narrative focused which is awesome because free to play can have narrative focus there you go there you go yeah um and it's really i meant to bring that up actually yeah i was curious how they're how they've generally been doing with that because that's a good example like destiny is a good example of a free-to-play game that is still going for that you know premium experience yeah it's always been super lore heavy but this time around i think with each new season as people get more and more invested in the the, in the narrative there's going to be they're more willing to let the player just like sit and listen to stuff that aren't just cutscenes, and and people are actually it's really paying off um so really cool story so far i'm loving it i'm loving the new seasonal activity that comes with it Uh, it's like a six person raid through like a cybernetic portal and it's like fucking cool as shit it has to do with the 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 theme of the season itself called season of the splicer Mm -hmm. uh and basically has to do with like uh the vex which are a robot race have casted a simulation across the sun that's blacked it out and you have to work with an enemy faction who has something called a splicer that knows how to uh commune if that's the right word with machines if that's the right yeah, word yeah could commune with sense. with machines in the cybernetic world and yeah yeah you can re- run these activities to to go in and out of the cybernetic world to you know gather materials and more information stuff uh so been doing that then halo 5 i've been get, trying to get my my ranked rank up I, I say that that sounds stupid but like there's basically casual play casual playlists and then there's ranked modes filthy casuals yeah filthy casuals and plebs versus yep. elite gamers elite uh, gamers, who, yep, uh destroy noobs um so i've been uh, getting I believe my... you meant uh i believe you meant pwn noobs thank you thank you i have to revoke my clearly you're my not rank now. clearly you're not elite <laughs> I yeah, just clearly you're not elite gamer. exactly yeah but just been running ranked and then uh just been doing more reading really of uh some stories that i already mentioned last week when i asked you what have you been reading uh, more Wheel of Time, more Stormlight Archives, and uh, The First Law by Joe Abercrombie. And cool. tomorrow, while it is not in my last week of playing, tomorrow will cap off, and cap off uh, or start, sorry, a new week of gaming uh, with the Mass Effect Legendary Collection, which both me and mm. uh, Rosemary will be playing. Uh, because she loves Mass Effect. I love Mass Effect. She loves it way more than I do, and has experienced more of it. Uh, so but mm-hmm. we're just going to veg out over the weekend and dive into that nice i uh i was talking to um i was i also played another uh round of super mario party with our friends uh brad and elizabeth who are listening to the podcast and they were very happy to find out that their names were mentioned so i'm just gonna do it again um 
yeah so i was playing with them and then we got to talking and i think we mentioned you and rose in some capacity and um they i think they asked if you guys have a two tv setup because you both have xboxes we do you do yep. yeah i was like 90 percent sure because i was like yeah they I played sworn i mentioned together. that together yeah you must have yeah because like you guys play together and you wouldn't be able to do that if you didn't have two tvs so yeah yeah so to okay. break our fourth wall brad and elizabeth yes i do in fact have a two tv setup with uh dude with you know Rose. how happy that's gonna make him to hear his name and be directly you know how happy that to? makes me i miss brad i miss brad and i met elizabeth only once and i want to uh to meet her more um so yeah. i gotta go buy super mario party now and uh play super mario party with you guys and get really irrationally angry because i i miss i, I miss was getting i was getting quite angry at the beginning we actually didn't get to finish we tried playing two games of Mario Party, but we didn't get to finish because we had connection errors. So we did, then we just ended up doing uh, mini games mm. online, which I never thought I'd use that mode because I never did before. But um, we were able to do that. So that was fun. Well, even though you weren't able to finish that uh, game there, we can finish this episode, James. Thank you so much for uh, listening. Dad, do we have to? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 28 of The Logbook. If you don't know already, you can find us on all major platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. If you see a place to leave a review, please do. It would help out the show a lot. Uh, if you want to reach out to us on socials, you can find us on Twitter at Logbook Podcast. Uh, give us some feedback, maybe some content ideas. Uh, and let us know what you think of the plague of free-to-play. Um, and we will see you, as always, next week. Take care.